0: So this this might be controversial for some people but to go to a stand up comedy show is to volunteer to allow someone to tickle you with words, right? It's it's intimate <laughs> to be tickled, you know, even with words, like especially with words, right? It's borderline creepy. Tickling is weird overall. I shouldn't be <laughs> putting I shouldn't be using this analogy or metaphor or whatever, but why do we tickle? Why do, why do we allow tickling? You know, it's kinda, but we do, right? Some people are into tickling, right? <laughs> Both giving and receiving. I don't mean to make this weirder than it already is, but like, You know, a lot of people we pretend like we don't like being tickled. You know, when it's happening, we tell people stop, stop, don't, don't tickle me. Like sometimes you're laughing so hard it hurts when you're being tickled. You're telling someone to stop, but the whole time you kind of like it anyway, right? It's it's nice. It's nice to be tickled. I'm not the only one that thinks this. You're weird, all right? I'm not the freak here, all right? I'm watching you, right? So, all right, enough of that. But you. You know, you can walk into a comedy show, you can sit down with your arms crossed and refuse to be tickled, you know, mm-hmm, you can't tickle me, you know. Like you can't you can't be tickled without giving someone tacit permission to tickle you. That's part of going to a comedy show. But it's al- that's also, you know, part of the job as a comedian You've got to set people at ease. You've got to help people relax so that you can tickle them a little bit without them freaking out and thinking you're trying to molest them with your words. This is word tickling, not, not word molestation. Uh, also, I'm using the old school definition of molesting there. Uh, molest, <laughs> it's so weird to say that word so many times, but molest means to pester aggressively. You know, I'll admit, kind of risky for me to just throw around the word molest, but you know, I figured I'd do something to try to liven up this podcast, right? <laughs> Put a little, little jazz underneath this thing. Uh, ooh, molest, jazz hands. <laughs> Alright, is everyone feeling more at ease? Are we more tickled than molested at this point? I hope so. But you gotta help people relax if they're going to enjoy a comedy show, right? That's why Lots of people struggle to enjoy comedy these days. That seems like a weird little trend, at least in the comedy sub-community or whatever. Like everybody's on edge, you know? We've all got depression and anxiety about how the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You know, people are chugging coffee and you know, washing it down with Adderall vaping marijuana to balance out after they snort half a Percocet. It's a wild world out there, okay? People are having babies, trying to hold down jobs. You know, the methamphetamines and alcohol start to get expensive when you're paying for diapers, okay? (laughs) Like, people don't have time to laugh. They've got multiple wars. Their children are going to have to fight over student loans and oil prices, okay? There's a lot on people's minds these days, right? But the funny thing is, you know, despite all of that, if you do laugh, laughing always feels good. You know, no one ever laughs and immediately thinks to themselves, ah, curse me, you know, for enjoying life for a moment. You know, shame on me for being spontaneously filled with a brief spurt of mirth. Ah, bah humbug, you know, like you may not feel like laughing, but when it happens, laughter never feels bad, ultimately, right? It's always, it always feels really good. You know, sometimes you do see a grump who laughs and then quickly tries to stop himself from laughing, you know, just, "Mm, not me. (laughs) I won't be tricked into happiness, you know, and tries to hide it before anyone can see that he liked the thing. Uh, and that is funny in its own way, right? It's funny to see grumpy people try to re- resist laughing. <laughs> I've been that person, you know, you know I've, I've, I've lived that life uh, on more than one occasion, but there's, there's a way to embrace the uncomfortable parts of your life that can be fun and enjoyable, right? As paradoxical as that may seem. Like it's almost a form of meditation to just recognize, okay, Shit's a little messed up, you know? But I don't have to panic about it 24/7. I don't have to be 100% sad and upset all of the time, even if things are a little messed up all of the time, right? You're allowed a little escape from the drudgery of the world every now and then, right? You need it. Life is brutal enough, okay? But some people have a hard time creating that separation, right? They think everything has to be serious all of the time. They can't relax, right? Again, I've been this person, I, I can relate. I'm not, I'm talking to myself a little bit right now as much as anyone who might be watching this. But anyway, if, if you want to help people enjoy comedy, step one is helping them recognize that what they are experiencing is comedy, right? It's not scary, it's not harmful, it's not real. It's gonna be okay, All right, Suspend your disbelief. Let's go on a trip together. You know, life's not gonna fall apart due to the goof goofs you're about to witness for this brief span of time, right? know, that's something I've tried to be more and more mindful of the longer I've done stand-up. You know, when I'm pushing the line, you know, talking about stuff, not everyone might be immediately comfortable with. You know, it always has to be with the perspective that I'm trying to make it easier for everyone to have a better time and to understand and appreciate life a little bit more, right? That's where you need to come from. You know, we're trying to have a laugh together at the expense of, you know, the shared human condition that we're all negotiating, right? You know, it's very important that, that I'm not taking, right? I'm, I'm giving. You never wanna be selfish on stage. You know, the idea behind jokes is to ultimately get people to relax, to, to chill a little bit, to appreciate stuff that has gone underappreciated. You know, the, the lumps and bumps of life aren't pure terror. They don't have to be pure terror. You can get something very positive out of them. I think that's some of the magic of comedy. You know, it's it's weird to go to a comedy show and try to get upset, but people do it, you know. But then it's my job to meet that person where they are, you know, figure out why they're uncomfortable, and then show them that I mean no harm, you know, and that it's okay for us to laugh together, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't like taking an adversarial posture with audience members. Sometimes it's kind of necessary if somebody's like really aggressive, but like on some level I don't I don't think that's real. It's it's like this fake conflict and it's I don't I don't think it's productive. It's not it's not useful. A lot of it comes down to mutual trust right? Comedy is a partnership between the comedian and the audience. It's a consensual tickling relationship. It's so weird that I'm saying that. (laughs) I'm sorry. But like if people are tensing up in their chairs and never getting that laugh release, it means on some level they don't trust you, right? They don't trust that you have their best interest at heart. They don't trust that you're trying to help them have an ultimately positive experience. That's what's going on there. I'm gonna bring up a book I can't stop talking about on this podcast. I'm, I should probably just call this the Wonderworks podcast at this point. But anyway, the book, it's Wonderworks by Angus Fletcher. And uh, there, there are two chapters in the book that highlight the relationship between comedy and horror in our brains, okay? Very interesting, uh, comedy and horror share a common origin, right? That's really kind of neat. So comedy and horror, there's a common origin, but then there's a fork in the road uh, that either makes us, you know, freak out or, you know, break into fits of helpless giggles. So chapter six of Wonderworks, Fletcher uh, discusses how paranoia arises in our brains. You know, our, our brains are constantly subconsciously outside of our awareness, assessing our environment for threats, right? Sensory information is coming in and our amygdala that's a part of our brain uh, in concert with other areas of our brain is checking to see if any of that incoming sensory information could warn us about any danger in the area. So. Paranoia occurs when we pick up on something that seems out of place in a familiar environment, right? When you notice something strange or odd in an otherwise familiar setting, you start to ask questions about it, right? You get curious, you might be a little paranoid about why that strange thing is happening if you can't figure it out and, and place it exactly. So that paranoia process that's the groundwork for both horror and comedy, a sense of paranoia and curiosity about something odd and out of place. Okay, so that's, that's important. Then in uh, chapter 12 of Wonderworks, Fletcher goes on to point out that funny has a double meaning. You know, we can have a funny feeling that makes us chuckle, or we can have a funny feeling that raises the hair on the back of our neck You know, and it makes us a little bit nervous, right? So there's that dual meaning to funny. So our amygdala subconsciously realized something odd was going on around us and that woke up the conscious part of our brain, the frontal cortex, and our frontal cortex then investigates further and tries to answer the question, you know, is this potentially dangerous, definitely dangerous, or not dangerous at all. We don't have to worry about this. And the more uncertain we are, the longer nervous tension builds inside us, right? We feel this ever escalating suspense and unease, you know, something spooky is just around the corner, but we're not sure, you know, when when is it coming? What what when when is it going to get us, right? If the, you know, if the danger is clear and obvious, you know, in movies, we call that a jump scare, right? It's like, what was that? Something scary, right? If our brain decides that it isn't dangerous at all, we laugh, right? Laughter helps us relax. It reverses the ramp up process of the fight or flight response that was building when we thought something dangerous might be after us. Like when our amygdala is concerned about something, it sets in motion this series of events to trigger the release of the stress hormone cortisol, uh, as well as epinephrine, you know, again, to prepare us for quick action in response to a threat. You like my quick action motion? (laughs) But then laughing, that that then drops down cortisol levels back to normal. You know, it releases endorphins, feel-good chemicals in our brain, You know, laughter calms you back down after you got yourself all worked up about something that turned out to not be scary. And a lot of this maybe sounds familiar to you if you've heard of benign violation theory. So benign violation theory, this is a theory about what makes things funny. The idea is that if you see something that violates your existing worldview, you know, your perception of how things should be, and the violation is simultaneously recognized as not threatening to you, then you'll laugh. It both appears as a threat and is recognized as ultimately not a threat at pretty much the same time. You know, in some ways, a joke is a threat immediately rendered impotent. You know, I think that's a great starting point for understanding laughter. You know, it, it helps you to understand why it is so important as a comedian to be able to set the audience at ease. You know, you have to help the audience relax enough that they trust you, right? and then you can slightly betray that trust. <laughs> like, because in order to get laughs, you're also going to have to make the audience a little uncomfortable, right? A little paranoid and a little uneasy from time to time. That's step one of the process for both horror and comedy, right? So the audience, they have to trust that when you make them uneasy and build tension, you're going to flip the switch and let them laugh and relax, right? That's what happens with a punchline. I don't know, I think this might all have something to do with why some people find clowns creepy, right? Like they don't trust that that weirdo, that he's that he's just acting like a goofy doofus for funsies, right? They look at him and they see a total freak of a man who actually wants to dress and behave that way, like for real, like that's the essence of who he is. And that's freaky, that's a freaky clown man. Don't go near the clown man, kids. Like that's how some people see clowns, right? That's, that's the ultimate question when you agree to go to a comedy show, do you trust the clown, right? If not, you're going to take what he or she is saying too seriously and it's not going to sound like jokes to you. Instead of benign violations, you're going to experience what feel like real violations of your worldview, right? You're going to perceive that clown to be an actual threat to your belief systems and maybe even your personality, right? That comedy show is going to feel like a terrifying horror movie. So laughter is about managing a delicate balance between tension and release. And it is delicate because you're working with crowds of people who all have differently calibrated levels of anxiety and distrust when it comes to all sorts of different issues, right? We're not all the same. A benign violation for one person can feel like a world ending catastrophe to someone else, right? However, I don't think this is the whole story when it comes to the art form of comedy, right? This this tension and release game. It can get more complicated than that. You know, comedy isn't only about the laughs. The laughs have to be there, right? But I think it can be a more intricate dance. You know, likewise, I would argue, you know, horror isn't just about tension building sequences or just about jump scares, right? Those have to be there to be in that genre but there is more to that experience, right? Than just that single aspect of it. You know, comedy can hint at something beyond just the laughs. It can explore other emotions and ideas as part of that process. I think truly great comedy is more than a totally benign violation. I think great comedy can help you grow. Uh, And I I think that because I've experienced it myself. You know, sometimes great jokes can feel like violations at first, right? The tension kind of sticks around for a minute. You know, you you might not laugh the hardest, you know, but the twist in the joke still kind of shakes up your perspective, your existing perspective. It gets you thinking about something in a new way. It opens you up, right? You might spend a day or two thinking about it, and then it it makes you laugh later. You know, you're like, okay, yeah, all right. And, and don't get me wrong; like, laughter is still always the goal. You know, I, I'm not for comedy without laughter. You have to be. You you have to get there for for it to be funny by definition. For it to be considered comedy. But that tension and release is a dynamic process. You know, you might go through emotions of anger, sadness, fear, all of that, you know, on the road to eventually laughing it all off. You know, that whole experience is part of the art form. It's not just about the laugh at the end of the joke. To me, the goal of good comedy is to sort of rip things apart the exact amount they need to be ripped apart Without destroying them, uh, so that they can still be put together into something different. I think that's that's the comedy process. You know, everything is organized a certain way, and then with comedy, you kind of throw it into this disorganized chaos just enough to then reassemble and rearrange it into something new and unexpected and informative. You know, comedy to me, it's it's very much creative destruction. You know, it's it's not just a benign violation. You know, you are making alterations to people's perceptions of the world, right? But the violation comes from a place of good intentions. You you know, you walk right up to the line, you know, you flirt with danger. Uh, Occasionally, you playfully step over the line, you know, and all of that experimentation isn't meant to hurt anyone. You know, it's meant to help All of us, you know, keep our wits about us, you know, keep our perspective fresh and alive. I think that is a lot of what comedy is about. And you hope that when you playfully step over the line here and there, the audience is willing to go along for that ride because they realize it's just a ride. You know, it's just a game. It's not real life. It's not life or death. It's just mental tickling, right? You know, personally, when I'm doing stand standup, uh, I often alternate between, you know, cutesy silly jokes and relatively dark jokes. I never go, I almost never go straight into a really dark joke. Sometimes I do, uh, but most of the time, you know, I demonstrate that I know how jokes work and goof around with, you know, dumb puns and silly characters first. And then when I do a dark joke, the audience is not only caught off guard, but they're also not threatened because they realize I'm the same guy who was just doing the cutesy harmless puns a minute ago, right? If you build trust with the audience first, they'll give you a little more rope to get creative with, you know, and then you can go and try to do some double dutch, you know, up there without accidentally tripping yourself up and, you know, hanging yourself with a, a jump rope or whatever. And I like I like doing the cutesy, silly, goofy, stupid jokes too. I don't just like, you know, dark humor. Um, you know, that's not the only thing that I like, but I do like it, I do enjoy it. You know, you just, you hear a lot of conversations around the idea of safe spaces. You know, these days, the kids these days, now you hear a lot of conversations these days around the idea of safe spaces, but that concept is so confusing to me because the definition of a safe space seems to be a space where we don't talk about certain things, right? We don't explore certain topics. Things are censored if you enter a safe space. That doesn't seem like a safe space to me. Like to me, a safe space is a space where you feel comfortable talking about anything and everything, right? You trust the people in that space to talk with you about things in depth and in detail. You know, all the nitty-gritty stuff, you know, that's all game in the safe space because everyone in the safe space has the best of intentions to treat each other with respect and dignity, right? That's the perfect environment to tackle difficult topics, a safe space. I don't know. Some people aren't going to like that, but that's that's the way I think about it, you know. Like I see stand-up comedy as an artistic safe space. That's what I love about it. You know, you you can handle, you know, heavy topics with you know a lighter touch in the area of comedy, you know that might that might actually be the best way to handle those heavy topics, right? Just because uh, a subject is dead serious doesn't mean you have to be deadly serious in how you approach it, right? You can still productively deal with something serious while maintaining a sense of humor, you know, about your predicament. You know, trying to manage this serious stuff, right? This dangerous, potentially dangerous stuff. And that's not to say that everyone has to enter the safe space of a stand-up comedy show, right? Maybe that doesn't feel like a safe space to you. That's cool. You know, I don't like horror movies. I don't I never watch them. I don't I don't enjoy them at all. I never have. But I also don't get mad at people for making them, right? I don't get upset at horror movies like you made a subjectively scary thing. How dare you? No, I just, I I don't go to horror movies, you know, and I don't accuse the writer or the director or the actors involved in making the horror movie of trying to make art that is intentionally harmful toward people like me. Instead, I recognize that I'm not going to connect with everyone's artistic creations And that's okay, right? That doesn't mean that they are entering into the artistic endeavor in bad faith. That doesn't mean that they can't have a meaningful positive impact on someone else besides me, right? Some people won't get the tension release from comedy and so they'll experience it as horror, right? They'll see a scary clown on stage with a microphone and consider them an ominous threat, right? That will be the experience for them and as an artist you know you just you don't have total control over how people perceive your art right they might take it in ways you never intended it right that's that's part of the weird relationship give and take relationship between artists and audiences if we want to keep making art we all have to continue to live in that messy world i don't know maybe think of it this way like if comedy shows feel like tension raising events that never make you laugh You know, just watch it the way you would watch a horror movie, right? Just go in thinking. This is probably going to make me cringe, you know? Some of these jokes are going to make me jump in my seat as if the boogeyman just grabbed my leg from underneath the bed, you know? Bring 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 some popcorn, you know? And, and, and get spooked and spill the popcorn. I don't, like, like, only go to comedy shows around Halloween. You know, if you don't wanna laugh, feel free to gasp in horror. That's also a valid reaction for you to have. And, you know, if a comedian notices that no one is laughing and most people are cringing and jumping in their seats, then hopefully they'll rebrand as a one man traveling horror show or one woman traveling horror show. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, people have different senses of humor. We have different and sometimes irreconcilable life experiences. That's all okay. You know, we shouldn't all want to be the same. We are all allowed to have diverse perspectives. You know, how how could we how could we have anything else you know hopefully that makes sense you know maybe it'll make some people appreciate what's happening at a at a standup comedy show more you know go go check out a, a show go check out a bunch of shows you know find what flavor of comedy you enjoy the most i'm sure there's something out there for you you know so just laugh giggle gasp scream you know one way or another <laughs> it'll work its, it'll work its way out you know we're all going to be okay right it's just art you don't you don't need to be afraid of art